0: I see you. Yeah, you. Flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases? Or one-size-fits-all quick-fix schemes that never seem to fit? My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world-changers who are tired of the status quo. Willing to throw it all up to see what sticks. Willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. It's you, me and here we are in the red again. I haven't really referenced this since very early on. what in the red actually means. Maybe you didn't watch the very first episode that explained that. Maybe you didn't take the time to read. This just really cool looking bearded dude with some red shoes sparked your attention, and you said, Hey, I want to check this out. um well, what does in the red mean? I think all of us from time to time spend space in our life where we find ourselves in the red. Driving down the road, think of this in your car, and suddenly your gas light comes on. You know what? You've drove by gas uh, stations time and time again, and you probably don't even realize some of them are there until you find yourself in need of gas. Suddenly you become readily aware of your surroundings, right? Every gas station, you're looking. You're looking for the next one. You're looking for the next exit. If you're driving in uncharted territory, you are scouring the horizon, looking for that um, truck stop light in in the distance or that exit sign that says, hey, this gas station is this far off the road. Those are those in the red moments I'm talking about. That's the moment we become aware of the people in our life that are put there to help us. See, we go through life on our own, and guess what? You need somebody's help to put gas in your car. Like, If there's no gas station there, you just don't get to do it by yourself. You just don't magically have gas, and like, if you're going to New Jersey, if you've never been to New Jersey, you actually have to let them put your gas in the car. They won't even let you pump it. That's a weird scenario, too. I'm from the South where you can pump your own gas, but I have also remember a time when pulling into stations where people would pump it for you as well and clean your windows just to A different time. But what I mean is you don't have the ability to provide gas for yourself. You have to go to a gas station. And I'm in firm belief that in our life, we go through these in the red moments where really it is to get our attention to the people who's been put around us who can help us overcome some things and even find healing in some things. I know that's a weird term to use. And if you don't know, I'll go ahead and share this. We'll get it out of the way early and often. I'm a pastor. Okay. So if you're not a believer and your Christianity's kind of been this thing that's mm, maybe even wounded you or just been, I don't know that I even want to get there. Those people are weird. Give me a chance. Give me some time. Let's talk. Can you do that? I do want to share this with you uh, right off the bat because we get going so many times and I forget this. Three things I need you to do. I know you came just to listen and check out for a little bit. Maybe you're stuck on the road and looking for a new podcast. Just do me these three things when you have the opportunity. Don't do it while you're driving, just when you have the chance. Follow, download, review. Follow, it's a simple click. And all it does is puts a number in somebody's computer somewhere that says, hey, I'm more valuable now than I was five seconds ago. One more person's checking this out and staying longer than just the first call and wants to figure out what this is about. Somewhere somebody looks at these numbers and says, huh, I wonder how many followers this podcast has if I'm going to watch it or not. You know who you are. You're the person who reads the reviews. And if it doesn't have five stars or at least 4.9, you're probably not buying it. Okay? I'm okay with that. Like, you want to know that you're getting something good out of this. So following helps with that. Downloading. I, I know we live in a time where you have unlimited data. You have cellular service. Who needs to download anything anymore? Download it and then remove it. Once again, this puts a number in somebody else's computer that says this is a valuable commodity. Somebody needs to pay attention to this. The last is a review. This is important because I want to know what you think about what we're doing. It may not change what I do or how I do it. I've gotten to a place in my life where I've realized I am who I am for a reason. I'm not my dad. Uh, I'm not this pastor. I'm not this person. I am who I am. And somebody needs to hear this presented in this way. Now, that doesn't mean that I may not change format or something to make it more readily available or something along those lines, but I do want to connect with you and know how this has helped you. It just validates some things sometimes for me to say, okay, keep doing what you're doing. It's hard sometimes to continue to do it when you're not hearing responses. And when you're staring at a a camera and talking into a microphone and you don't have somebody on the other end of a conversation with you... It can be a little tough. I am a conversationalist at best. I love to be around people and talk and share moments. This is that moment of the week where I just stop staring at a camera, speak into a microphone, and imagine that you're speaking back to me. Okay? So do me that. That's your way of communicating with me. Today, I want to talk about this topic. Stop letting others control you. I'm going to say it again so we can really understand. Stop. Letting others control you. And I know what you're saying. I'm my own person, Anthony. I don't know who you're talking to. Maybe I don't need to stay on here longer. No, you're the exact person I'm talking to. Stay. Oh, no, 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 don't stop yet. Because you know how many times in our life we think we have this thing figured out. No one's got control over us, but realistically, we're still responding and reacting to a word that I think is one that. Um, we tie to something else. I was thinking about this today, but I want to use this word triggers. We respond and react to triggers. We have things from our past that are like these open boxes, open wounds that anytime somebody connects back to that place, it triggers a response. It's kind of like if you have been, uh, physically abused and someone raises their hand, your natural response is to flinch. That's a trigger. Why? Because it doesn't mean that person is going to hit you. But anytime you have a defensive response based on that trigger. And this is generally what happens is our life is spent in defense because of these triggers. And I want to share because the last couple of days over social media, there's times where people post things and it drives me bananas because it's usually out of a place of hurt or out of a place of something in their life, a struggle that they've been in or whatever. Um, But I saw this in a friend's post. A friend shared this and there's an original post and then someone put a red X through the original post and then posted an abridged version of what they thought it should have said down. Now I'm going to speak the original post first and then I'm going to go to the, the next one because I think there's value in talking through both of these because neither one is perfectly right. Both of them come out of a place of limitation, if you will. Here's what the first post said. I'll read it through entirety and then we'll circle back around to um, where some of this can be, I think, uh, misunderstood, can even be hurtful in places. Here we go. You're ready. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your hard. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your hard. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your hard. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your hard. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard, but we can choose our hard. Pick wisely. Now, here's what I have to say about this coming to this word trigger. If you are a person who has struggled in multiple marriages, The moment you read that first line, you are triggered and you take offense to somebody telling you that you weren't good enough, that you chose divorce, that you chose to walk away from a marriage. See, this is how comments like this people who think that they're doing things good, that are putting good statements into the world, that are challenging people to think beyond what they're doing, are actually triggering people to be stuck right where you are in a broken mindset. Because this first statement marriage is hard. Yes, it's hard. I've been married for 19 years, and I can tell you my first year, I almost didn't make it out of it. It was a mess. Why? Because in our marriage, we allowed things that existed before we said I do to control our marriage. My wife was a very jealous person because she'd been cheated on in her past relationships. So every time I looked in the general direction of somebody else, another woman, I was cheating in her mind. I was on my way out the door and into somebody else's bed, into somebody else's life. Like That was controlling our marriage, although it wasn't what I was doing at all. Marriage is hard. Why? Because when you say I do, you say I do to everything before I do. You just don't get to pick and choose what you keep with you. That person is bringing it all the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's up to you as you go through marriage to make it a little less hard day by day by letting go of some of those things, by trusting one another to begin to lean on one another and help talk and walk through those things to be healed and let go. Like letting go is hard, but it's important. Yes, divorce is hard. And I know people who have had to walk through divorce and it's not, it's not a choosing. You know what? If you've been sexually and verbally and physically abused in a marriage, if you've had someone who's cheated on you, you had no other choice. You were put in a place where you had to take the hard road to divorce. And it's just as hard to say, I don't, that's not who I am. It's not an identity. It was just a decision I had to make. So that statement, while it has the heart of something that's supposed to be good, because really the heart of it is if you say yes and I do to somebody, then you should go all in. There shouldn't be a back door of divorce when you get your feelings hurt. There shouldn't be a back door when you wake up one morning because uh, they don't look the same way they did 20 years ago, because they don't say the same things, because uh, you don't have the honeymoon phase there anymore, because... The physical relationship is not what it used to be because they're struggling in some areas of their life or they lost a parent and now they're uh, upset all the time and they're struggling in are self, whatever it is, whatever that thing is that's caused that person to shift and change. And now all of a sudden, well, I'm, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Get out of here with that mess. That is BS. And I don't want to hear it. It's crap. That is based on emotions. And if you said I do to somebody because of the way they looked and because your emotions told you to, then you are destined to fail. Because loving someone is bigger than being in love with somebody. It's bigger than an emotion telling you it's time to walk away. There are things that will push you out the door that have wounded, physically hurt you. I'm not downplaying that at all. But don't make this a decision of marriage or divorce. Make this a decision of, I'll say yes. I want to get through this. I want you to get to a place where divorce is removed from the table. But those people who have struggled and had to make that decision or it's been made for you, don't let that statement be a trigger to you because that's what it is. Second one, obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your heart. Here's what I've found. Stop accusing people of the things they already know. You know, most people who are overweight, that really... Uh, struggle in their weight and want to be better, look at the mirror every day and say, look at this. This is who you are. You're always going to be chubby. How do I know? My wife was this way. My wife was, uh, after three kids, she wasn't heavily obese by any stretch of the imagination, but in her eyes, she needed to lose weight. And I remember her looking in the mirror all the time and just always struggling with this is just who I am. I've had three kids. I'm never going to lose this weight. And one day I was standing there and I said, hey, Fatty, and she, she instantly got very upset with me. As you can imagine, all you ladies on here right now are throwing something at, the, at your radio are like, how dare you, sir? No, no, no. I knew the response I was going to get, and I was already positioned to respond back. She said, what? How dare you? I said, no, no, no. I'm just using the same language that you use to yourself. And she had to stop. I said every day you stare in that mirror and you say, I need to lose weight. I need to, I'm all I'm just chubby. It affected the way she saw herself, it affected all things in our marriage, really. And in that moment, she finally realized, wow, I'm addressing what I see instead of being able to walk away from it. And so this statement: obesity is hard, being fit is hard. Yeah, it is hard. But it's hard to choose. One or the other, when you've been stuck in one place, when you really tell yourself you can't. I have a friend of mine who within the last three to five years, he weighed 350 pounds. Two weeks ago, he ran his first marathon, lost 150 pounds and got down. And he was still, when he walked into that race, he said he was still one of the bigger people lining up to run this marathon. He trained for 18 weeks, and people said, there's no way with your weight, there's no way with your body you'll be able to do this. Guess what? At 26.2 miles when he walked across that finish line, he not only proved it to himself, he proved it to everybody else he could. It didn't start out with a decision of obese or being fit. It started out with being a, a decision of making a step in the right direction. If you're obese, I want to tell you, it's It's okay. Yes, you need to be a better version of you, a healthier version of you. Why? Because you take years of your life off every day you live like that. And it takes hard decisions to move in the right direction. It takes walking away from some of those foods that you found solace in. That's, uh, you found safety in because the world around you has rejected you and hurt you and reminded you of the things you already know about yourself. Let me be the first one to tell you, that's not who I see. I love you. See through what you see in a mirror and see into that person that you could be. See to the people around you that's in your life and in your family and do it for them. But it's not getting to be fit. It's taking the step away, step towards something. That's the decision. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your hard. I want to go a step further. Merely communicating. Ugh. Good communication is hard. You can communicate and you are communicating. Communication is not hard. Whoever wrote that post is communicating something, and it wasn't hard for them to write that because they're probably in a good marriage. They're probably fit. They probably have decent finances, and evidently they suck at communication, although they would probably say they don't. Why do I say that? Because here's what they communicated get better. You'll never be better where you're at. You want to complain that it's hard. Guess what? It's hard for everybody. Just be better. That's what they communicated. Communication is not hard. Everything we do, everything we say is communicating to somebody. You can never say another word and you are non-verbally communicating something. Your response to somebody's, when they say something to you, your response to them communicates something in return. It's just the way It works. We are constantly in receiving mode when it comes to information and data. So when you do something, I'm receiving it. And then based on our triggers, coming back to that word, we will respond in a certain way. If we have triggers in our life based on what's been done to us before, it can affect the information we receive because it operates as a filter. And when we see a response, when we hear a word, when we see a person say it a certain way, we are triggered to believe that they said this or said that, and our perception will limit reality. See, there's actually some good stuff in this, but it'll never be heard because these the way it's said as an attack, the way it's said as a pointed statement that you're just making excuses— These people will never hear it. This is bad communication, but it is communication. How do you get better at communication? You get intentional about it. Jesus put it this way, and I know he said there's power of life and death in the tongue. See, I think this is the difference between good and bad communication. Death is when I just address what I can see, when I accuse what you've become, instead of inviting you to be better, instead of saying, you know what? Yeah, you do need to be more fit. I love you where you're at, but I'm going to challenge you to be better. And I'm here to help you in any way that I can. I don't ever want my challenge to come off as an accusation. I want it to be an invitation. But I know you're going to have bad days and I'll be here for you on those bad days. In the same way, I'll be here for you in those good days. That's the importance. That's the importance of finding the right people to surround yourself with. Life will never be easy. I would say it's a little bit easier when you have the right people in your corner, not people who will say, you know what? You can be whatever you want to be. It's okay. You can do whatever you want to do. Those aren't good people for you because they allow you and they hope they allow you, they enable you to be stuck where you're at in a place of brokenness of hurt, bad decisions in the same way people who are constantly telling you how bad you are and tell you need to be better like those people are just as harmful you need and this is the group of people i've surrounded myself with i want people in my life who challenge me to be better and love me when i'm not the challenge never goes away the invitation to be better never goes away but on my bad day on the moment i slip up the moment i i fall they don't run away from me. They don't outrun me because they had a pace and I couldn't, with- I couldn't uh, stay up with them and they just leave me in the dust. They stop. They dust me off and say, this is not you. You don't have to start all over. You can start from right here and I'm still here to help you. Those are the people in your life. Now, let me hear. I want you to hear the response to this that someone wrote. Because this is a broken mindset of a generation that we're dealing with now. And if we can't see through this, if we can't allow people to overcome this, if we can't help our youth to see through these lies, then we are going to be constantly stuck in a place. Here's the response. Marriage is hard. Staying in an unhappy marriage is harder. What makes a marriage unhappy? See, this is the response that we have. If you wake up with a bad day, if you, if that person's not what you married or said I do to, if he, uh, he's just a curmudgeon now. He never wants to do, it. he don't want to take me on a date. He didn't appreciate me, and then you get to work, and you got a whole bunch of divorcees and they're gonna tell you he don't appreciate you, girl, for who you are. You just walk, leave him. You don't need to stay in that marriage and be unhappy. Guess what? Now your feelings and your emotions dictate whether your marriage is successful or not. Your feelings and emotions push you out the door. Your feelings and emotions will come and go. So happiness is not the key to a good marriage. Joy is. There's times that my wife and I are going through a season where maybe there's not happiness in the home. But the joy is I get to do it with her. She may not have it all together. I may not have it all together today, but the joy is I get to stand in the gap and serve her. She gets to serve me to help me overcome those things because we said I do to something bigger than feelings or emotions. The next one, obesity is hard because it's stigmatized. Fit is not always accessible to everyone. I have news for you. That is an excuse and a lie. Fit is accessible to everyone. Not being crazy fit, like these all these people generally who say that first statement are all ripped and wearing tight clothes and looking good and everything, and say you could be fit if you want to. You know what being fit is? Being better than where you are right now, a day ahead of where you were. That is accessible. Why well, don't have access to a gym? You have access to a road. You can walk. You've got to start somewhere. Accessibility is starting somewhere, anywhere. Refusing to start because you can't get to the end, because you don't have access to everything. I don't have a trainer. I don't have all these rich people that are looking good and fit. They got trainers and they got money to get whatever food they want and all the things. They have access to all these gyms and it's just easy. That's going to be a reason not to start. That's an excuse. Being in debt is a complex socioeconomic phenomenon often related to privilege. It is not necessarily related to discipline. That's a lie, too. For every person that says, I'll never have anything because I don't have the privilege of others, I can show you somebody who started in the same place they are and said, I can, and they did. Everywhere. Everywhere. There is no place that someone hasn't been stuck that someone hasn't got out of. Anytime you use privilege as a crutch to say, well, I would if I could, you've already lost the battle. But the moment you said, you know what, I can. That's the moment you start walking towards something. Stop surrounding yourself with voices that sound like that. Oh, they're just privileged. Guess what? That is a pity party. Get out of it. Walk away. Run. Find somebody that says, you know what? We can do this. I know people say we can't, and I've even said we can't, but today I can. I'm going to. Privilege is something that is overused in this, in this society we live in. It's like, oh, you're privileged because of the color of your skin. You're privileged because of the, the upbringing you had. And like, no, I'm a poor white boy from backwoods, Arkansas. I had to say yes to something. I, had to, I see a lot of people that I, are from my hometown who are still stuck in the same place their parents were and stuck in the same mindset their parents were. And they're still stuck. at. You know what? I joined the Navy. Yeah, it was hard. You want to know hard? 21 years in the Navy was hard. Being away from my family was hard. But I look at where I'm at now and because I said yes to something that was hard, because I walked through it, because I was a six and out guy. I'm not doing this. This is hard. Twenty-one years later, I'm so thankful that I pushed through. It's opened doors for me and connections with people. It's helped me to get to the place in ministry where I don't I don't need a lot of money where God has blessed me through this a retirement and all the things. Like It's a positioning place because I said yes to something that was hard. So don't ever let anybody tell you that privilege is holding you back. It may be a hurdle, but it's not a wall. Are you willing to just get to every hurdle and say, well, I'll never be able to overcome this and turn around or just stay stuck? That's the call in your life. Be better. Ugh, that sounds horrible, doesn't it? And this one, you don't always get to pick your hard, and thinking you do is the epitome of privilege. You don't always get to pick your hard. But you know what? Hard doesn't mean you stop. My buddy that just ran that marathon said he got to mile 20, 21 maybe. So five miles to go, and he said his body began to shut down, muscle spasms, pain from the hips down to his toes. His mind began to tell him he couldn't. But you know what wasn't in his mind at that point? The privilege of those who were younger around him. The privilege of those who had better trainers around him. The privilege of those who had the money to throw all this to get ready. The privilege of those who had more time to get ready. The privilege of those who didn't have a broken childhood, who ate um, themselves into being obese, that got to a place where they had to lose, didn't, didn't have enough time to train for this. None of that privilege come into his mind. What he said was something he had written on his arm. He pulled his sleeve up and he read this statement. You're going to want to quit at some point. Don't. I'm here to tell you today, there are a lot of voices in this world that are going to come off and say, you know what? Because of where you started, because of the privilege of others, you'll never do this. You should just stop. You shouldn't even try. I'm telling you today, don't listen to them. If I can be the voice that sparks something in you, not this crazy movement to do just to say yes to one day at a time, to say yes to doing something different in your life. But Anthony, you don't know. My whole family's been obese. Why do you have to be another statistic? Why do you have to be just another one traveling down that road? All it takes is one slight, Movement of the rudder to change your, your trajectory, to change your direction forever. And to change generations after you've directions. Your children deserve it. Their children deserve it. This is the moment we take those triggers away from people. We stop letting them control us. I saw this on Facebook today and I shared it. It says this, your triggers are your responsibility. It isn't the world's obligation to tiptoe around you. And instantly somebody come on and they said, oh, well, yeah, there's a lot of bullies and all that. You know what? Here's what I found. I have the ability to remove their power and control over me. When I stop giving them access to the triggers. If someone triggers you, get away from them. Find a healing. If it triggers you, then you got to know there's something in you that needs to be corrected. Something that has occurred that you need to release and let go of. I challenge you today. I'm talking to you, whoever you are, wherever you are. Whether you know it or not, you've been in the red for a while. Stop and take notice. Are the people around you depleting you? or position to help fill you back up. Change your scenery. Change your support groups. Because when you say yes, it's the first step to making a difference, not only in your life, but to those who are around you. Hope you have a blessed day. Let's go.